You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome to Club Live here on Club at 22, the Rangers podcast. This week it is over to you, the punters. All you have to do is be subscribed to the channel and you can get your questions in the live chat and we'll do our best to answer through as many as we possibly can over the next, I don't know, 50, 55 minutes, an hour, whatever. Uh, I am Scott Carney and joining me tonight is Ali Pearson, first of all. Um, you over your man flu yet? No, I'm in the middle of the man flu at the moment, so if I do mute <laughs> during types because I'm coughing, but um, no, I'm, I thought I'd come on tonight, show a bit of dedication. It's good, Carney, that you finally sat Scotia, <laughs> by the way. honestly. I'm delighted that uh, Scotia's finally sacked and he's no longer part of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we'll come to that, we'll come to that. Uh, Ryan, how's it going, mate? I am good. I didn't want to ruin any introductions. I had plenty of jokes up my sleeve and I was going to no say a thing. But aye, it's good to see Scotia with a short back size, but obviously we're going to come to that. And also, I'm still laughing, mate, at the general sale of cup final tickets from Aberdeen this week. That was great. That was good content, that, mate. Very much good content. And yes, making his pod debut, a guy that I've known since, I think, the end of Primary 7, start of first year. Uh, we go way, way back. And he's not replacing Scotia. Scotia's just working. Uh, I knew people would say that, actually, because just the, the comment that popped up there. I was like, people are going like that. Who's that? But, uh, Jamie, <laughs> how are you, mate? Welcome to the podcast. Good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. No, the, the international break is a very, very hard existence for me for these two weeks. So it's nice to, nice to fill the gap on a Friday night. Yeah, Scores is probably, probably still on it from a delighted at a two each straw with Georgia, isn't he? And let's be <laughs> honest, he's probably absolutely delighted about that. Um, but yes, um, as you say, Scotia is working tonight, unfortunately, but it gives Jamie a chance to come on and uh, join the podcast and see what it's all about. So be kind to him, chat. Don't be too, don't be too harsh. Ali, can you still do comments? Aye, that was you must yeah, have been you that was doing exactly that. Working, yeah. Right, that's cool. Uh, so yeah, tonight it's over to you. The questions, it's all down to you. What we do um, tonight, we will be answering your questions. There is um, a few to do from social media first of all, and then we'll we'll go into the live chat. Uh, and before I go any further, I need to give a shout out to Big Boise that I met at work the other day. Uh, very nice to meet you, mate. And he said very nice words about the podcast. So very much appreciate that, mate. Do very much appreciate that. Right, we'll start with the first one and uh, whatever it is in my phone. Um, it's from Marth Vader. Um, question for tonight. As he will be out. I said years ago when I saw Shankland the air, he'd do a job for us and he's only got better. Do you do you guys think we should just pay what they want, even if it's four million and get him in, in January? Could be the difference between winning and losing the league. He's like Boyd in the box, but hold up play and laying off as first class. Uh, Ryan, I'm gonna to come to you first with this because you're always one that's saying about us not exploiting the, the signings within our league. Um and thank you very much, Gordon, for the five pound mate. That's very much appreciated. So what's your thoughts? Mate, Shankland. I genuinely think it's a no-brainer. 
I do. I think he's. I was really impressed with him when he came to Ibrooks um, the Hearts a few weeks ago. I think he looks as if he's physically bulked up a bit. He looks better off the ball. He just looks a good striker now. And um, for me, a no-brainer. The the kind of thing that everyone talks about is he's a Rangers fan. He would walk to Ibrooks. That that's just another box ticked for me. But he is a good player, and I think you see us spending money on. I'm not, I'm not going to get into the two of them, but we've, we've wasted money so far by the looks of it on talent elsewhere, or what so-called talent. And Lauren Shankland, I believe, was the top goal scorer for um, in the SPFL last season. If we can get him for a cut price, which we will get because he's only got 12 months or something left on his contract, it's a no-brainer for me, Carney. I think he's a really good player. There's little risk of signing him as well. And... Um, He's now a Scotland internationalist. I don't think we've got enough players in the Scotland squad. I think he's at that level where he should be playing with Scotland. And I think of who's a big guy up front. I can't think. He's, is it Dykes? Is that what you call Dykes. him? Dykes. Dykes. I mean, he's a far. He's a little and Shark's a far better player. I mean, I think he's got a good footballing brain. I think you can tell he's improved a lot. Yeah, and as I said, just to sum him up, he's little, a very small risk. You would get him for I reckon two million pounds, run about that. So, yeah, he's a no-brainer for me. I'd love to see him at Rangers. Yeah, um, Jamie, yourself, obviously no one really knows your opinions, mate, but this is what it's all about, mm-hmm. mate. So, um, uh, my, my opinion before I, before I probably come to you, I can't see it not being a, maybe not, I don't think it'd be a huge success, maybe it would, maybe it proved me wrong, but compared to Dessers, mm-hmm. I think it is a no-brainer. Well, I mean, compared to Dessers, I think anyone's possibly good, Like, but just to echo what Ryan said, I mean, Shankland, that, that game, a few weeks ago at iBooks, I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Hold up play, link up play. He really he was and he was playing the he was leading the line by himself pretty much. Barely any service whatsoever. So no, I thought it was a very strong performance and I, I left iBooks that day thinking we need to be in for him. Um I mean I don't I don't know if Ann Budge would be wanting to part company with, with him for two million quid in January, but I mean I think you you test the waters and you wait and see. But honestly I think he'd be a a definite upgrade on on Dezers, definitely. Yeah, Ali, yourself, your thoughts on bringing Shankland in? I mean, it is one, he is the best of the rest just now, probably striker-wise. He's found his form again. These links are always going to get made because he is a Rangers fan, or we're led to believe he's a Rangers fan, obviously, but just when you look at what we spent on Dezers and then you think what we could have got Shankland for, it does seem, why did we not do it? I I think Ryan says all the time that we turn our nose up at players in Scottish football, I mean, Ryan because all about Lewis Ferguson, the one that got away, you want to say he was arguing And he was right, game. and he was right, yeah. though, that's the thing, he was. He was, I don't like saying that as well, but he was right. Um, <laughs> but um, no, Shankland, for me, I think he would do a job for his can, I think he would in the Scottish League, I think he would score goals, he spent, what, reportedly four million Dessers, who really hasn't done anything at all this season, so I don't know what he's got left in his contract, Shankland at Hearts, I'd agree with Ryan. I could see Hearts wanting two, three million, depending on what's left in his contract. So, but for me, we would need to move strikers on, Carney, because we've got Danilo, Dessers, Kamar Roof still there. So, I think we would need to move somebody on before we had a look at him. But if I was a, if I was Rangers in January, Carney, and depending on where we are, that's I'd, I'd have a wee pop at Hearts to see what they're what they're like because, um, aye, he would score goals for Rangers. Yeah, I think he would as well. I do think he would, and I think the the more you the more you're seeing him playing and um, developing, really, I think it's a it's a link that I, I think if we don't take it, I think Celtic will put it that way. I think Celtic will think, well, I'm going to take you because if they're not going to, and it's one of those ones where I think both clubs are probably sniffing about them. Um, it's really all down to the money for me, and I know it's probably results back to what Ryan says about us turning our nose up to Scottish players but sometimes I think the money's just inflated too much however when you compare it with what we signed with Dessers and then what you'd maybe have to spend in um, Shankland that's maybe just a wee bit of kind of unnecessary prejudice that I have for the Scottish for the Scottish League I suppose but no, it's going to be an interesting one I don't think it'll be I don't think it'll be too far away anyway because I think people are the Sharks are beginning to circle for them now so um, yeah interesting interesting to see um, one from Rob um, my question is do you think after recent performances uh, such a change in former John Lundstrom should get a new deal 
And should we try and work out a new deal for Seymour? Or is it pipe dream stuff to get him permanently? Ali, I'll come back to you, mate. Um, if John Lundstrom continues the way he is, I would 100% keep him um, because I think he's an asset to us. I think he's a good player. However, I still think he's he's trying to get himself away from being part of the old guard, I think. But in his recent performances, he's probably been the most improved, I think, under... Um, under Clement since he's came in. Um, him and probably Tavernier, I think both have really, really improved. But um, yeah, would you keep Lundstrom and Seema? I don't think it will happen. Uh, Lundstrom, yes, he has played well this season. He has been probably most improved. Would I keep him? I don't know. Is he suddenly performing, can he? Because he's got a year left in his contract and he's in a short window now. <laughs> I don't know. Possibly. But, yeah. um, I would look to closer. I would look into deep into next year in terms of the tail end of the season, Carney, before I looked to offer my contract to see what he's contributed up to that point. To now, he's done very well. I'd be in a fence with it right now, Carney, if I'm being honest. Lundstrom, I'm trying to wait. Lundstrom as he must be around about, if I had to 30. guess, 29, 30 or something. Yeah, it must be um, 30. So, and he'll be in a big wage at Rangers, I imagine, too. So, I don't know with him. I'll sit in a fence with that. I'll wait until. March, April time, and we'll see where he is at that point. But Sima, ah, can he see? I ah, can he see us getting Sima. Brighton's whole model is they bring players in that they think have got potential, usually punt them out and loan somewhere for a year, and then bring them back into the Brighton team. Will he go back into the Brighton team? I don't know, but I don't think we'd have the money to spend on him. Can he? They paid eight million for him. I don't think they want to take a loss on him because they don't do that, Brighton. So. I think we'll have him for a year, and uh, that will be it, if I'm being honest. Yeah, Ryan, your thoughts on Lundstrom and Seema? Oh, different ends of the scale for me. Um, Lundstrom has got, has got much to prove for me. I think he's, I was heavily critical of him beginning of the season under Beal last season as well. I, I did say on the pod that he'd possibly undone all his good work that he'd done in... Um, any kind of good good feeling he had with the, with the club and the fans was kind of deteriorating because his performance he's given up that one St Johnson giving the ball up it sticks it sticks in your mind. He's got better under Clement. There's no getting away from that. But to be the guy on the pod that brings everybody back down to earth, I'll just hold off with jumping ahead and thinking John Lundstrom is. The new, the best new rising that's I are the best on earth, mate. Because I did, I did rip him, and he's and he's far from it. Um, the song was good a couple of years ago, but I just it's, it's it not for me yet with John Lundstrom. He is he would need to play consistently from now to end of the season and lift a couple of shiny things before I'm thinking about giving him a new contract. He's one of the reasons why we're struggling and why we're where we are in the league at the, at the moment. Um, but he's definitely playing well under Clement. So long, mate. Continue. Seema, I think it's probably a, a blanket. I would be surprised if Jamie disagrees. He's, he feels it feels maybe just a bit out of a price range. If Brighton have bought him for circa eight million pounds, I don't think we're in the market for that for spending that type of money. And I don't see Brighton letting them go for less than that. So enjoying while he's here because I, I do I criticise him at the beginning of the season. I do like how direct he is. He's just something different. And I tweeted to somebody during the week, and I'll stand by this. He's a better option than Ryan Kent. Ooh. Jamie, your thoughts on Lundstrom? So, obviously, um, Curry said as well, would it be hard to replace Lundy? And for me, no, we could get a better player with little effort. Possibly, I don't know. But your thoughts on Lundstrom attending to stay here? And well, 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 if it was for his song alone, I'd give Lundstrom probably an R4 year deal or something like that. I love, <laughs> I love to see it back at iBooks the other night. Yeah. But no, I mean, Lundstrom... Um, he hit his purple patch during the Europa League run and I thought he was excellent in that sitting role but after that he just these performances just went drastically downhill um, and yeah as Ryan was, was calling there I think he's he's to blame for a lot of the really terrible domestic performances we had I think um, so I don't know yeah I'll, I'll, I'll sit on the fence here on the side with the guys and say I think if he if he drags us through a few games if he, if he has a an absolute belter of a game in the final against Aberdeen. He gets us on a he gets us on a kind of good run in the league form. 
and in the, the Scottish Cup as well, then then maybe at the end of the season he's he's merited a new deal. But yeah, I think sitting on the fence at the moment. And then yeah, Seema, I think Seema's looking like he's going to be a superstar. But I mean, I was one of the the fans at the start of the season that thought he's really not up to much. But I think he's just it took a wee while to get going. Um, and now yeah, I just uh, he's he's just get paced to burn and he's super direct. So nah, uh, if if the option was there, I think kind of. A good comparison is when Ryan Kent came in loan and we all thought, no, he's well at the price range and we ended up buying him. So you never know. You, you might want to test the water and see if we can get him. Yeah, I, I do think it might just be slightly out of reach. And you're not alone, mate. I, I met Ali plenty of times and I agreed with him plenty of times on the concourse, mate, at half time when he's going, what is Seema? And I was going, I don't know, mate. <laughs> I was like, I literally have got no idea. We went through that teacher. He's like, what, what is Seema? I'm like, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But yeah, um, and also, I think it was Blue. Was it Bluebells or Blue Alley that you popped up there about the comment about um, we already have Rice um, to play replace Looney? I mean, that's a, an unbe- unbelievable shout. That's what I was calling for while Lundstrom was out of form. I was calling for Rice to come in because I've been impre- impressed by seeing him. Uh, but I suppose it's all down to John Lundstrom now. Um, it's all really up to him. Um, it's all really up to him and how he's going to, uh, if he continue his form on. But uh, yes, I just think Seymour's maybe a wee bit too far. Um, next one is from Craigie Mack. He said, after the international break, we will technically have a full fit squad. We have three midfield positions up for grabs with Jack Lundstrom uh, and on Sunday, Tom Lawrence filling them. But with Cantwell, Raskin, Lammers and Dill also available, who would you pick as your three starters in those central positions? Jamie, I'll let you have first crack at that one, mate. Who Who's your midfield three? Um, oh, it's, it's a it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I, I think so. I think Cantwell in the ten role um, is d- domestically domestically. I think he works. I and mean, he seems to be working better in, out wide uh, in the the European games. Um, I mean, is Dill featured much? He's not. He's obviously he's obviously injured at the moment. Um, I think I think Jack's got to be in there. I, I'm, I'm like Ryan Jack's performances of late for me he's flying under the radar. I think he was uh, at Levy on Sunday when we were there. I just thought he, he had one of those games where he was just a he was a perfect seven or eight really. Um, and then yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think who else I would slot in there. Um, probably Lundstrom, I'd say. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's not a tough one for me. I'm a Ryan Jack fanboy, mate. You know that. I, I yeah. think, but my, my only, my only slight hesitation with Jack is will he last the pace? Will he be able to be able to play every single game? But I wouldn't be opposed to him and um, Raskin almost having a rotation between the two of them. Um, obviously, because Raskin seems to have uh, injury problems from time to time. So Aye. if I was to pick though straight out to go out and play against them, for example. Right now, it would be Lundstrom, Jack, and Cantwell would be my midfield three. Aye. Um, would, would, Ryan, would you know what? I was I was completely forgetting about about Raskin there. I was kind of thinking yeah. on current current fitness and all that. I mean, really, it's shrouded in mystery how long Raskin's going to be out for. Um, yeah. One of these Jordan Ross are seven to ten days. Sort of no, thing. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not me, honestly. I'm sick of that seven to ten days. I really am. No. By the way, as well, I need to give Jamie credit. He's already better at taking himself off mute than what Scotia is. Because Scotia <laughs> constantly forgets. So Scotia is going to he's got his work cut out to get his back in the starting lineup here. Um Ryan, um you are midfield three if everyone's fit. Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, I like it. Um I probably have I was trying to think when Jamie was speaking there, I was trying to think whether I'd play Ryan Jack or Lundstrom. I'd be a hypocrite if I then said, oh, I wouldn't give John Lundstrom a contract, but I'll play him as my one of my first midfielders. So I'll go with Ryan Jack. Um, he's he's definitely been better, but it's, you always have to caveat with Ryan Jack how many games can he play in a row. This is what you always think with Ryan Jack. So, yes, a fit Ryan Jack definitely makes a, makes a three for me. Uh, Raskin for passing the ball forward. It worries me sometimes, Raskin, that his ball distribution just sometimes is a bit erratic, but I think he'll calm down. I think he'll probably he's, he's still got you to his side. So Raskin, I think he can be a very good player for us. And aye, Todd can't well, but I want to see him in the 10. I want to see him in the 10. I don't like him out on his right-hand side. I trust the manager fully. Um, he obviously sees something there, but I want to see Cantwell in that 10 spot. I'm sure that's where his, his best position is. So, yeah, Ken, Raskin and Ryan Jack for me. Yep. 
Um, Ali, your midfield three? It's difficult. If you're going in current form, I know some of these guys have come back. Lundstrom and Jack, for me, have kind of cemented their places in the team at the moment under the new manager. I know Ryan Jack's kind of injury-prone, but the two of them are kind of starters. Cantwell, for me, has to play in the middle. I don't like him out wide, Carney. He's a 10 for me. Don't know the guy they've not even mentioned, Tom Lawrence. I, I just... I just think the guys are Rolls Royce of football. Again, injury concerns, but in certain games for me, you could play one sitting midfielder and a Lundsman a Jack, and then Tom Lawrence fits in there for me with a camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's, it depends on who we're playing, but if it was, say, Celtic tomorrow at Parkhead, for instance, it would be Lundstrom, Jack and Cantwell for me as the three. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably that is based on on recent form. But no, a very interesting question. It does. I mean, we are getting to the point where we're a wee bit heavy in that department with the amount of players that we have. But I think that's something that that Phil Comont will be working on. Is he'll try to identify players that he can potentially move on for some money. But yeah, um, and a very interesting question. Very interesting one. The next one's from David Todd. Um, if you don't mind, I can ask three questions. <laughs> okay, no problem, mate. Um, I've not. By the way, it shows you how prepared, prepared we are. I've not read these, so I haven't. If you could choose a manager for Rangers, who would it be? And I do mean within our budget. Name two players within our budget you would love at Rangers and include our own league. What style of football are you most excited about seeing? Something that gets you off your seat and is it feasible for our group of players? Um, Ryan, I'll come to you first, mate. What's your thoughts? And first one was, who would you choose for a manager for Rangers? I don't want to sound like I'm being condescending here. I'm quite happy with Phil just now. I am not even... There's no way I could answer that question with anyone else apart from... Like, come on, because <laughs> no. and, and I'll be honest, guys. Like I, I will be honest. When Michael Beale was put in the position last year, you know what I felt at the time. But I would have said the same with Michael Beale. Once Rangers have appointed a manager, I'm I'm behind him 110. percent There's no getting away from it. So yeah, I'm happy with Philippe. Come on, um, he's ticks a lot of boxes that we were looking for. So I wouldn't change that. Uh, talent. What can we afford in our budget? Two players. Is that correct? Um, yeah, think- two players within our budget. Yeah. Within our budget, definitely Lauren Shankland. We've already spoke about and the reasons why. He's a no-brainer for me. Uh, I don't mind the boy Miofsky either at Aberdeen. I'm just thinking of Scottish football. I don't really watch other football that we could afford them to. We could probably afford a couple of like 11-year-olds in the Premier League or something like that. But <laughs> I don't think we could afford them to any first-teamers. So I'll go with two players for Scotland, Miofsky and uh, Shankland just for a bit, bit of firepower up front. Um, third question was... Style of football. Style of football, I'll go with the kind of style that Advocate played. I love the kind of 4 4 2 with Rod Wallace up front, attacking full backs, overlapping each other, passing forward. And as you know, boys, I love attack, attack, attack. Yeah, um, I would agree with the, the first question is I can't name MDL else but Clement right now. I really can't. Second question two players, I think Shanklin is probably one of them. I don't mind you, uh, that Duke, even from Aberdeen. I think he's all right. I think he would probably do a, a decent job for us in the kind of run of your mill um, games. And I'm, as you all know, I'm the most arrogant, not arrogant, what's the word? Well, I suppose arrogant football supporter around. I tend to only watch Rangers. I don't really watch anybody else. Very, very rarely do I watch anybody else. So it would be hard for me to really pass judgment. Obviously, I know who the big players are in the world, but... It's it's hidden gems that we need to go and find. It's guys that we can sign for two, three million and sell for six, seven, eight million. And to be honest, I'm probably not going to know who they guys are. So it's a difficult question. And the style of football, one that wins leagues. That's it. I don't care what style it is, as long as we're winning leagues. That's all I really care about. But I do like attacking football. I like players that can get you off your seat where you think something's going to happen. For example, when like Cantwell's breaking up, when Ryan Kent was in form and he's breaking forward, it gets you off your seat, gets you leaning forward. That's what it's all about for me. It's that excitement of the anticipation of what could happen. Um, Jamie, for you, um, manager, two players within our budget in the style of football. I'm with you, boys. I'm sticking with big baldy Phil here. I can't go against him. <laughs> he's 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 too good. He's doing too good a job. Um, in terms of in terms of players, um, obviously I agree with Ryan. I think Shankman's pretty much a no brainer. The other player that kind of stuck out in terms of our league was Danda at Ross County. I think Jan Danda's a a really handy player, and I think we could actually pick him up for a for a kind of nominal fee as well. So I think he'd he'd be half decent. Um, and then what was the, what was the third? Question again. Style of football. 
I'm with you. I just want to, I just want to win. But no, I, I, again, it's, it's, it's refreshing to see the football, the, the way that it's, that it's went from Bill, which was just so slow and turgid, to now we seem to be pressing in packs, um, high energy and, 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 and much more attacking in terms of style. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, non-passive football positive forward thinking football it's all we all yes. want to see because especially against the 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 I hate the jobbers of the, the rest of the league do you know what I mean especially Ibrox just go and beat them just run over the top of them do you know what I mean it's kind of what we want to see also Craig and Max just That's... added we actually forgot about Sofuentes too yes we did forget about Sofuentes and his question whoops I think Clement, I think Clement's forgot about Sofrentes as well, mate. Um, <laughs> but that's just to touch on your point there. I know it's not an answer to question, but I think we'll probably all agree on this. That's what Clement's brought. He's brought the direct passing, and I, I think I text the chat, who were we playing? I can't remember, last week or whatever it was. And I just text, God bless Philip Clement, because he has cut out that overpassing. You can tell the players have always been told not to do it anymore, and long may it continue. Yeah. Ali, you? The manager, two players within the budget and style of football. I'm sticking with Big Phil at the moment. He's done nothing wrong so far. He's... I love, I love that everybody's saying that though. Generally, I'm like, oh, everybody's, everybody's I'm buying into this. It's brilliant. He carried guys had a pretty much faultless start to Rangers. I know he got a draw out in uh, Sparta, but come on, brilliant start for the, the players he's working with. Two players, Shankland. There's a guy, Carney. I used to. I watch a lot of Championship football in England because it's on it half 12 on a Saturday before. Um, so I usually watch them. There's a guy who played for Coventry, Gustavo Hammer, I think his name was, used to score free kicks. He was a very good footballer. Coventry picked him up for something in the region of a million pound or something. I always thought he's a guy we could go for. And then I looked where he went. He went to Sheffield United for 15 million pound in the summer, um, which just shows you. But there's diamonds like that out there, Carney. That's why I'd like to think um, Big Phil with his contacts, maybe in the Belgian market, whatever, he might bring a few diamonds in from there. So I'm hoping to see what he identifies out there. But um, and in terms of style of football, I know Ryan's attack, attack, attack. That's what I want as well. I like two quick wingers either side, Carney. That's why I think the best Welshman we all know, Rabi Matondo, I think he might thrive in this Rangers team. Um, we might have to switch Seema to the other side, but I think he'd be all right over there. But... Matondo for me in this team, I think he could do well in this team. So pace in my team. Yeah, him and Scott Wright, you've got to give Scott Wright his credit for the way that he's kind of took his chance that Phil gave him. Unfortunately, he took an injury, but I think it's it's there is definitely positions up for grabs and the the right hand side of the team um, for sure. As I say, I know about switching Seema and that over, but um, it'll be interesting to see what he's going to do when everybody's back fit. But it does when you think everybody is. Back in fact, it's a big squad. Do you know what I mean? It is a really big squad. It's definitely you can see why Bennett's been saying about the, the player trading model. We definitely need to get people, um, kind of people moved on. If people moved on, um, I'll, I'll answer that one quickly. Ali, you just popped that one up because I realise I haven't done many in the chat. Uh, Blue Nose John, hello mate, how's it going? Good evening, Scott, Ali, Ryan, and Jamie. What's your favourite Rangers memories as a Rangers as Rangers fans? Uh, mine is Paul Gascoigne winning the league at Ibrox when I was in the Broomloan stand. Uh, against Aberdeen for eight in a row. Uh, I will never forget that day as long as I live. That was an absolutely tremendous day and I'll, I'll never ever forget it. That's definitely right up there for me. I'll come back to you. Your favourite Rangers memory? That's difficult. Uh, doesn't need to be a... Just pick one. I know there's hunters. There's hunters. But that's always the first one that comes to my mind is remembering Gaza. Because oh, I can remember seeing when he ran the length of the pitch, I just seen these eight bouncing as he was running on the back of his jersey running, and I just seen the ball curl into the net. I, I was like, a, a tremendous day. I'll go with a recent one, and we weren't all there to see it because of bloody COVID. But Gerard winning the league for us, I think mm-hmm. that was major pressure. They had that 10 wrapped up before that league was even kicked off. Um, that was huge for me, Carney. That's probably, probably. I know we've seen nine in a row and everything. We've seen a lot of league titles, but that's probably the biggest title we've seen in terms of what it meant in terms of stopping them. So, I'll go with that one. Fair enough, Jamie. <clears throat> Fuck, I'm just going to think I'm siding you here. But as soon as you said that, there, so I was, <laughs> I was sitting at the front of the Copeland as a wee boy with my dad and my uncle Gary, and I just remember Gaza's hat trick in that game, and it was just unbelievable. <laughs> the, the, 
the third one they they went down the outside and caught back inside and stuck it in the top corner is just uh, one of those ones that just lives with you forever. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the ones every time we talk about memories, it's just one that always comes to my mind. Aye. you just seen a guy, an absolute masterclass from a guy, single, single-handedly single defeating an opponent to win us the league. Aye. It was tremendous. Ryan, you? Oh, uh, probably Umar Sadiq at Hamden. Pretty special performance that night. Um, wow. it's, this says a lot about me as a Rangers fan. We've seen a lot of trophies lifted, but the day we won the day we won the league at Parkhead, I was up the stairs on the segregation at Celtic Park, my dad and uh getting to watch their faces as we battered them and they lost the plot running on the pitch, trying to abandon the game. Alberts is just waltzing about the pitch, Neil McCann's having a field day uh, and winning the league in their ground in enemy territory was probably a feeling I would love to bottle up. Um but one of the best days of my life, mate. So I winning the league in ninety nine definitely for me. Yeah, that was a. I, I, I don't remember where I watched that game, but I'll never forget it. I don't know where I, I generally have got no idea where I watched it, but it was brilliant. Another one was when we won the league against um, Helicopter Sunday. When, when that day, me and my big cousin uh, David were in the station bar in Weems Bay, and we were both rough as toast for the night before. And by the time full time went, we were no longer rough. And I just remember the puggy getting passed about the the puggy was crowd surfing in the pub. It was just an incredible. And then there was a local Polish woman; she get crowd surfed across the, across the pub as well. It was a an an, incre- an incredible, incredible day. But that was another one that sticks with me. Uh, before we go any further, everybody's favourite time of the show. It's time for a word from other sponsors. It's not a bird. It's not a plane. It's a ball trimmer sent from space. Gentlemen, our friends over at Manscaped have been working night and day to bring you a below the waist grooming experience like none other with our brand new lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. We are talking about a next generation trimmer with interchangeable blade heads for whatever shave your mind can imagine. Upgrade your grooming game to the Ultra Sphere this year by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code CLUBAT22. High tech for low prices, Manscaped. AI is cool, but I think this might be the biggest technology, te- techno- technological even advancement the world has ever seen. Every man knows how scary it can be when going for a close shave below the belt. That's why we trust Manscaped for all our sensitive areas. Inside this package, you'll find the star of the show, the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Their fifth generation trimmer features two interchangeable next gen skin safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth wherever your heart desires. This bad boy also features a dual LED spotlights to provide contrast on multiple skin tones so you can shed some light on your darkest places and it's waterproof. Taking it on the go, Ali's favourite thing to do, Manscaped has you covered. This kit comes with a travel case and even a travel lock feature to avoid any accidental powering and or weird looks in the airport. Upgrade your ball trimmer and your life will follow. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CLUBAT22 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code CLUBAT22 at manscaped.com. I can promise you, you've never seen a ball trimmer look like a spaceship. Get yours today from our folks at Manscaped. So thank you very much, Manscaped. That is their new launch, hence our fancy new graphics, whatever it may be. Uh, thank you, Brian, for the super sticker as well. We really appreciate that. This one, fancy new graphic, because two heads are better than one. So take it from us. Uh, the Manscaped stuff is generally brilliant. I, I'm not just making it up. Uh, but yeah, that's their new one that's came to market. So everybody go get that for Christmas and use our code and just for supporting the podcast. Very much appreciated. Um, right, we'll get back into things. Uh, I've got a few saved that I've seen come in. Uh, Tommy Latanka, evening gents, question for you. If under January transfer window, would you let Todd Cantwell go? Oh, Ryan, do you want to take that one? <laughs> No, no, I don't know because Todd Cantwell has risen the bar at Rangers. He's taken the level that we need up up a notch. Uh, does he do it consistently just now? No, but I think that will come this season. I think it will come, especially under this manager and this management team. So no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be even thinking about selling Todd Cantwell. I think that will come. I think he'll hit those levels and anticipate he'll leave Rangers in a couple of years' time, and we'll probably make money off that. Because he does want to go back to the Premier League, he's he's been quoted saying that. But I think we've got 
many a long journey ahead with Todd Cantwell, and I think we should enjoy him. He just needs to get up to up to speed. And um, no, it's not a, it's not an option for me to sell Todd Cantwell. Myself did a closer there. Um, for me as well, I'm the same. I wouldn't let him go. Not yet. I think it's too early. Um, Jamie? Nah, he's Cantwell's integral to the way Rangers play at the moment. Um, he's one of our most creative players. He's like, uh, I mean, when, when Kent left, you're thinking, who's going to come in and do that? Um, so, nah, he came in, he's been a breath of fresh air, really. So, nah, I would be holding on to Cantwell. Unless a, a proper silly offer comes in in January, and it would have to be silly. Um, nah, I think I can I can see him staying at Rangers for a good few seasons. Yeah, yeah I hope so. Ali, that's the thing, though, is... With a selling club, if the offer is correct, he probably will go. But it would need to be it need to be a good offer. Ah, I agree with Jamie. It'd be stupid money to let Todd, Todd Cantwell go. Same as Jack Butland as well. If somebody came in with a ridiculous bid for him, he would unfortunately he would need to go. But nah, Cantwell's our best player. He's a guy that should be playing as a number ten. He's a guy we should be building a team around. Yeah, yeah. he's not been great this season, but he's had injuries. He's been in and out. He's been playing in a position which I don't think he should be playing. So, um, no, he stays for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd be the same. Uh, next question. Uh, thank you for all the questions, by the way. I'm trying my hardest to keep up with them all. You know what it's like in the chat. I'm trying my hardest, I promise. Uh, Jim Reed has asked, hello, guys, what two or three positions would you prioritise in the January window? M- me, personally, left back. Um, I think it's one that needs addressed and pretty soon, and we probably need another striker. That's the that's the two that I would be looking to looking to improve on, because obviously Kamar Roof's made of paper mashy and will break down again even when he comes back fit, so that would be the two for me. Um, Ali, I'll come back to you. Two or three you'd be looking to prioritise in January? That was a wee bit harsh in Kamar Roof there, Can He was in that Christmas <laughs> advert and he managed the full <laughs> advert, so come on. <laughs> That, by the way, that Christmas advert is really good, actually. I think they've done very well there. Phenomenal. If you've seen, yeah, the ones from the other side of the city, they've been pretty horrific recently. So when you messaged in the chat and said about it, I was like, oh, no, please don't be bad. But no, it was actually good. I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, and Cyril Dessers was there in it. So there you go. <laughs> but um, yeah, I Lammers, agree. Lammers was, but Lammers was Lammers there. Lammers was, aye. He was there doing nothing as usual Didn't, but um, yeah. anyway <laughs> brutal brutal wild oh, brutal, <laughs> absolutely yeah. brutal yeah it's correct I'll mind get, you I'll, uh, I'll get correct. for that one but um, but no I agree with you Carney a left back for me I know Ryan Lakes is, is Turkish delight there and Barisic is obviously still there but yeah for me I think we should be looking at a left back there in January and I possibly a striker as well Um because for me, Dessers isn't up to it. You're relying on Danilo because Kamar Roof is injury prone. So, uh, yeah, that's the two I'd be looking at. The other, the other one which we always say about is the right-hand side. Because nobody's really come in there and nailed that in years. So that's the only other position. But January's a dodgy market, can't Because there's not really much available in January. I could maybe yeah. see a loan come in or something. So, aye, that's the ones I would go for. Yeah, right. I I can agree with Ali in terms of it dependent on the window. In January, do I see us getting a left back, a right back, and a striker? No. But that is probably the areas that I would target. I think we need to strengthen our full backs. I think we need to look at Rangers going forward. Uh, and when I say forward, I mean the next two or three years, who's going to be our full backs. So I think we need to invest in that. Um, and definitely a striker. I think Danilo is by far the best striker for us at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'm not even considering Kemar Roof anymore. I, I just, for reasons we've, we've discussed it numerous times, but we need somebody else rather than Danilo because I don't think there is anyone else at the moment. So I'd like to see minimum one striker probably come in in January. Yeah, Jamie? Well, I'm I'm sort of dying for Dezers to be good, to be completely honest with you guys. So but I, I, I'd really... The, we all the, are. Longer, the longer it goes on, I don't think it's going to happen. So I, I think that's... That's the big priority for me. Um, probably to echo what Ali said, that I think we need a winger. Because I, I don't know when Matondo's going to come back, but a pacey winger. The last winger we, I think we actually had at the club that nailed down a proper start in 11 slot was Candace. Um So, winger and then possibly a left-back. But yeah, I, I don't know who you're going to pick up in the, in the January transfer market. I, I think... I think Yilmaz is a is a wee bit lightweight at times in, in domestic games, as we were chatting about at, at Levy on Sunday, Scott. Um, 
but yeah, I and 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 Borna as well. He's kind of he, he blows hot and cold. Although he's probably out of a bad bunch, he probably started the season the best. I'd say. Uh, so I'd, I think left back as well would be a would be a position to look at. Yeah, Borner Borner's a frustrating player. Um, we all know how frustrating Borner Barisic can be, and I think I'm I'm just at the point where I'm, I'm not sick of him, but I'm, I'm I think he looks tired within the team. I think the, that left hand side looks a wee bit tired in our defence. Um, I think Yelmaz is good. Look, I, I do. I don't know if he's going to reach the potential that we think he. Uh, well, he was brought. We were led to believe he was going to breach when he, when he came here initially and for the money outlaid on him I'm like we should be seeing more but he's injury prone as well which is really affecting him I think building on it um, which is I know it's a football it, these things happen but I feel like it's an area of the pitch that we do definitely need to improve uh, definitely need to improve um, oh for a hill um, question player trading model what's more important a decent manager or a good youth development scheme oh Ali, do you want to go first for that? <laughs> both. <laughs> <Can I use? laughs> yeah. um, completely different things to be fair. I mean, the youth development's a big thing because that, that's, your, that's your conveyor belt to bring players through, potentially, um, and also sell players as well and make money. So we've not really had anything really come through at youth level. Even McCausland, I, I don't even think he's came through the youth. I'm sure we got him from um, over Northern Ireland. I'm sure he came from over there. So I don't think he came through the youth from us. So that's a big, a decent manager, obviously. But the youth system for me is something we need to look at because when was the last time somebody really came through? Apart from Parson, who kind of came through the, the ranks and obviously we sold him. But that's a big one for me about them. They're two different things, can't they? Because I'd, I'd want to do them, if I'm honest about it. Yeah, I think I'd be the same. Mate. I think a decent manager's a priority, and I think the failure of Bill and the the sh- very short-term success we've seen so far under Clamont, I'm not getting too carried away, but you can see it's night and day, I think, from what we've seen. I think you're, we're over this bounce that a new manager would get, and we're now seeing him implement ideas onto the pitch, and um, that's very important for us, I think, going forward. Youth development, it's always going to be something that comes up. It's always going to be something that needs addressed. I, I, sometimes I think, personally, as Rangers fans, myself included, that we expect all of a sudden in five in four years, five years, whatever, we've produced half a team worth of youth uh, that have came from the youth. Realistically, that's not going to happen. It just isn't going to happen. You get you're meant to get one or two coming through, sell them on for a huge profit, like Patterson. Have we done it often enough? Definitely not. We've definitely not done that often enough. But I think that would be my expectations of a good youth development is over the space of two years, three years, four years, you bring two through that are Primed and ready, but are ready to go on for bigger and better things. You sell them for eight, nine, ten million, whatever it may be. That would be my idea of it. Ryan? It's a really good question. I like it. Um, I think as Rangers fans, we always want to see someone come through the youth and, and make it like Patterson has. I get a buzz from seeing young boys coming through because you think you're living, you're living my dream and it's a buzz to see it. We don't, Ali's right, we don't, we don't see it enough. Whether that's because of the youth, the development scheme that we've got in place, the management, I don't know. We were told when these, when Auckland Howie was built, it was the top of the range and it will churn out talent for the next two or three decades. I don't think that's been the case, but it's very hard to make it at Rangers because we've got a demanding fan base who are very unforgiving. And Ross McCausland will find that out if he doesn't beat his man every single time he takes him on. <laughs> we will, we will eventually, we will eventually start shouting at him. Um, but. I would have said probably before this season, I would have said we could win the league with any anybody in charge as long as we've got the right players. But after the management appoint, managerial appointment we did make before Philip Clement, I've kind of you turned on that. So I think a decent manager is more important to short term success than, than having a good youth development scheme. Might be in the minority there. Possibly, possibly. But it's all about opinions, mate. We see that all the time in this podcast. It's all about opinions. Jamie, your thoughts on that? I'm thinking a decent manager. I mean, I, I really think like a decent manager like Clement can can essentially inform the the youth development scheme as well. To be completely honest with you, so I mean, you've obviously seen that that McCausland's been given a chance, and he's even openly said that he's going to give youth a chance as well. So, no, I think getting a good manager in there that that, that knows the club, that knows the setup, that that, that has a kind of eye on the the youth that's coming through as well. 
um, yeah, I, I think that then that then you'll see the, the younger players shine as well if you got if you got a good if you got a good man at the top. Yeah, uh, it's a good point, mate. It's a very good point. I would agree with that as well. Um, Paul, I'll probably come back to yours. I've saved that one. Uh, Gordon, um, one more for me, lads. I know you were asked one earlier on, mate, but I think it was about Shanklin, so it all kind of tied in. But Balogun is the best in-out-and-out defender we currently have at Ibrooks, and if if it should play the rest of the season, solid, composed, brave, discuss. Jamie, I'll come back to you and let you have your, have your say on that one, mate. What do you think? Should Balogun play the rest of the season? Well, I was one of the few in the in the Jairs the WhatsApp that I'm in that said Balogun is a proper shrewd signing when he came back. I was I was buzzing to be fair because obviously I knew what he could do at centre back. He, he just he breezes most games. He's great in the air, he's good with the ball at his feet. So no, I think I think when Balogun's on his game, I would always have him in there over Davies. I think I think Davies is, is partial to a wee, a wee mistake here and there. So I think Balogun and Goldson um, off the back of 55 too have a very good relationship. So now nah, I would be, if he's fit and, and ready to go, I'd, I'd be keeping him in there for the rest of the season, definitely. Ryan, I think it's always going to come down to age with him, I suppose, with the age that he is. Is he going to be able to last the distance? I think he is. He's, he's been solid since he came back in. I can't really deny that. I think he has. I'm I'm not sure because I I, I think there, there's not a massive future with Balogun at centre half for Rangers. I don't think it's going to it's not one that's going to go on for years and years if that makes sense. And the likes of Suter, I would much rather see to get the chance to develop more than more than I would see Balogun. Um, obviously there's more potential with Suter, but it's an interesting question that like the who is your centre half pairing just now? Well, I know that. Do you, you can pick it if, if whenever Rangers next game is next week against Aberdeen, whoever's playing centre half with Conor Goldson, I'm not really going to argue against it because I think they've all got strengths. Suter, Davies, and and Balogun. That was the same as Jamie. I thought Balogun was quite a shrewd signing. It was a no-brainer bringing him back here to because the, the team he knows Scottish football. He knows that. You know, it's expected here. You know, you get blood and thunder with with Balogun. He's professional, he looks after himself, he's big, he's physical, and I just think he's kind of perfect utility player if we if we say that. He's definitely a player you bring in when one of your centre halves is injured and you can trust him. Um who is my centre half pairing? Oh I, I don't know. I can't remember why John Suter was dropped because I remember enjoying John John Suter bringing the ball out for the back and I thought that's something Golson doesn't do. I like that. So I actually can't remember why Suter was dropped. He so I'll go with Suter. Was it injured as well? Aye. I don't Aye. know if that was. I don't know if that was directly why he got dropped, but I know he definitely picked up an injury. Yeah, well, I, I'll just go with Suter just based on him being maybe a bit more long term for Rangers and Balogun is, and I agree with, I agree with Jamie again. Their Davies is prone to to a few mistakes. As a Suter, but there's just something about Suter with the ball at his feet that I really like for Rangers attacking. Ali. Difficult. I mean, Suter's had quite a few mistakes this season. Big mistakes for Rangers. Um, I think Beal pulled him out because of that. I know he got injured, but Balogun's been faultless for me, Carney, since he's come in. I mean, that game at Dundee when he was stepping out with the ball and going to the party, it reminded me of a big error the way he was doing it. But mm-hmm. he's not He's not going to be our, our number one centre forward next season, I wouldn't say, but he's... You can pick and choose him for certain games. I think Balogun Davies. Davies looks better in Europe for me, Carney. I think I've gave Davies man the match for for two games in Europe so far. This Ibrooks because I think he's been one of the best players in the park. But going for if we if we play the sheep next um, next Sunday, whenever it is, I'm playing Goldson and Balogun. I just think they've got a partnership. They know each other. That that's the centre. That, that's the pair I would go with. And for games against. Livingston's, Ross County's, Ibrooks. To me, anyone should be playing beside Goldson and we should be breezing through the game. But for the bigger games at the moment, Balogun's got the jersey for me. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, it's hard to disagree, really, because he, he, he's very good in the air as well. Balogun is very commanding. seems to always win his battle with whatever striker he's up against. He seems, he seems to do really well. And as we were talking about Shankland earlier, Davies had a nightmare against him at Ibrox. He really didn't enjoy his, enjoy his afternoon at all, and that's probably why Balogun ended up back in the team. Um, thank you very much for the question. Um, this is just probably a quick one that's quite easy to answer. My question is, do you feel confident about playing them in the second of January? It looks like our mentality is much better. Cheers, lads. Big Dodge, I'm going to be honest with you right now, I am never, ever, ever, ever confident, ever, <laughs> ever confident in an old form game. It never happens. Always like You can always sit and analyse it and you can think about how good we've been and how good we're playing, etc. But when it comes to it, me, me and Ali say it all the time, when Ali picks me up on old form day, I am absolutely miserable. I am miserable because I don't want to go through what I have to go through. Ali, are you in agreement with that? Well, the only issue in the second of January is we're playing Kilmarnock at home. So oh, so we are. On about. It's true. It's true. It's true. It's true. we've got the second of January, which is a bit of a weird yeah. one this, this year, Carnet, because yeah, it's a the old firm's always the last game before the the, mm-hmm. the winter break, but it's um, it's Kilmarnock at Ibrox. In the I'm, presuming, I'm presuming Big Dodge means Celtic. Yeah, I'm presuming he is, it does. He is. Um, but yeah, I feel confident. Oh, God. I that's feel more that. confident under Clement than I do Bill. That's oh, as yeah, easy yeah. as I can say. If we, if yeah. we were going to Parkhead next weekend, for instance, Carney, yeah, I'd feel I'd feel a lot safer. And and you would like to think by the time we meet Celtic um in the twenty ninth, thirtieth, whoever it is, we'll have more players back. We've got Raskin coming back, Lawrence will have games under them. Obviously the, the the players that we've been slagging, Dessers, Lammers, they should have more games under them. We'll see what happens with them with on the way back. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't, I don't fear Celtic, Carney. Celtic's a good team. They are a good team. You can't say they're not a good team because they're sitting top of the league. The league doesn't lie. But are they as good as they, they've been in previous seasons? I don't think so. So they're there to be beaten, to be honest. So no, it's down to this Rangers team, Carney. It's there for them. So I'm a confident. I'm never confident in old firms. I hate them. I hate them. Like, as you say, Cam, I pick you up. It's the most miserable game in the world to watch. I hate everything about it. Um, when I pick you up on that day, no, I won't be confident. But, um, <laughs> at this present point, with under Clermont, I am a lot more confident than I was under Beal. Yeah, Ryan, I think that's probably a a compliment to Clermont, isn't it? That we are. Not confident, not confident, but we definitely feel better about going into an old firm under him than we do under Bill. We feel better going into games at home against Hearts. Never mind playing that lot. Um, yeah. I think we're all looking forward to going to Ibrox instead of dreading it. Um, he's got that feel good factor back again, and we're playing a different style. And there's an identity to the team, so there's definite improvements there. Uh, I will be the half glass empty guy, and I'll say. <laughs> Let's see how it goes over the next month before I start kind of running away with my feelings. Um, these players have let us down before, so I'm not saying they will, but I'm just saying I feel confident with the manager. The players have yet to prove to me that they've made, they've made the big long-term U-turn and they can go to Celtic Park and win. But that's uh, there's plenty of football to play before then, Carly. I, I like, I like uh, Doyle's, Doyle's question, but um, I wouldn't feel them if we played them tomorrow. But I kind of... Touch on what Ali said there. I don't fear that lot. I fear what we do. I fear, I fear our performances. We we are the masters of our own undoing against them so many times, and it's things like that that Clement needs to put right, and he'll know that better than anyone. Yeah, I agree, Jamie. I don't think if, if we will have watched an old film together at some point in our lives. I don't know when it uh, would have been, but what are you like in old think, film days? I think maybe back in the day, I about fifteen years ago or something like that. No, so yeah. I would say, I would say, see if we get through Tyne Castle. Easter Road in Patojie, I'd say I'm feeling pretty confident about going to Parkhead. But yeah, as Ryan saying, we've got a we've got a block of really big away games before we go to Parkhead. But on Old Farm Day, I mean, you know what it's like. You, you like you can't sleep the night before. It's it's brutal. But no, it's it's if we turn up the the, the thing that fills me with a lot more confidence is the fact that yeah, we've we're, we're, we're drilled. We seem to be drilled a lot better than under Bill. Um, we've got an identity back. We're, we're a lot more set, settled at the back as well. So yeah, no, I think I think if we get through this flurry of pretty hard games and go to uh, Parkhead at the end of December, I'll be confident then. 
That's fair enough, mate. That's fair enough. Uh, is, you're right, the, the blocker games we've coming up are more crucial than the old Aye. firm. But we need to cross that bridge when we come to it, pretty much. Um, let me see, where are we? Um, we'll go with... What time are we on? We'll go with this one from Justin. Uh, question, what's your all-time favourite Rangers goal? Oh, that's a difficult question. That is very difficult. There is a, there's a number of them. Um Ryan, you want to go first? <laughs> so I can never think. <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got two, and it's strange. I've got two, and they're both in the same game. Uh, right. In 98, when we beat that lot at Celtic Park, and it was actually supposed to be a neutral venue, so it was half and half that day. Uh, McCoy scored the first goal, and it was his yeah. last goal against them, and he yeah. knelt down, and just you can see how emotional he is because he can't believe he's got one more goal against them. Just... That celebration epitomises everything about Rangers for me. In the same game, Alberts took it from his own half, from the right-hand oh. side, and cut through them, and then put it in the opposite top corner. Uh, Euphoria I was at that game as well. and Yeah, they're my two favourite goals. I don't really know why, I just absolutely love them. Yeah, brilliant goals. Absolutely tremendous goals. Um, for sheer elation, um, Edu's goal with Ibrooks against them. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Just an unbelievable excuse. It was pretty much guaranteed us the league that year. That was a that was a pretty good feeling. Uh, and Albert's free kick against Celtic at uh, Ibrooks was kind of the first time that he unleashed a hammer for everybody to see. And Stuart Kerr still diving for that ball, and he's still not getting anywhere near it. So that was a that was a tremendous goal. Ali, for you, you got an all time favourite Rangers goal. You've just picked it there, can't you? Did I actually? Alberts' free kick. That, that's the one that always kind of stick. Always watch that back. That the way he could hit a ball, oh, can he? A dead it, ball, unbelievable. And that was some straight for Alberts. But that's the one that always sticks in my mind, can In terms of, I mean, there's tons of thousands of goals with Rangers, but that's one that kind of sticks in my mind all the time. Yeah, Jamie. I've got Pedro Mendes in the four-two game. Oh, beach man, nice. An yeah. absolute. Rocket of a goal, man. That's yeah. that's. I was I wasn't there that day. I wish I was there that day because it was just like a such a dominant performance. But yeah, Pe- Pedro Mendes at uh, at Parkhead was probably one of my favourite goals. Yeah, there's so many. Gaza's header against Celtic as well. Ibrooks, brilliant, absolutely excellent. Loved loved Aye. that. There is so many. Lundstrom's goal against Leipzig. I can't remember Ibrooks being as loud as it was when, when he scored that. That was an incredible goal. Even Tavernier's um Tavernier's goal against Dortmund, uh, McCoy's against Leeds. Yeah, there is so many. That's a whole podcast in itself. There's an idea. I'll give that one to Scotia. Scotia can cook me a pod for that. Um, look, we're nearly an hour, an hour, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Thank you to everybody for your questions. I'm really sorry we've not got through them all. We will definitely do this again. Um, you know we always do. We always like to come in and get your questions in, but uh, I feel like we would be here for another hour, um, and that's probably not fair to me to do that to the guys so um but i really do appreciate everybody getting involved tonight that's been absolutely brilliant and we do generally love doing these types of pods uh, it's brilliant to get interaction with you it really is so for tonight alistair thank you very much mate no problem that was good a good chat good questions from the the guys in the chat as well and then i'm away going oh there he is there, there he is, is. Arnie. god there he bless is. america Just where is there. it i couldn't get it there you He's go right there, there. Cheers, Justin. Yeah. That trip to Texas, Carney. That's <laughs> got to be for next season. Got to yeah. be easy, Justin. But, you, um, can, no. you, you can ask my missus for, for me to go to Texas with you. I will. I'll ask you, you can I'll ask her, mate. I'll ask her. No, good pod and um, good debut for, for Jamie as well. That's Scotia way down the pecking order now. So <laughs> um, he's number five now, Scotia. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, thanks very much for tonight, mate. Cheers, guys. Aye, but a week questions in there. Um, God, it must be horrible to be a politician. Some of the questions had me in a sweat. I didn't know what to say. I know, <laughs> uh, really I know. good questions for the listeners. And I echo what Ali said. Solid performance from Jamie. He was doing very well. He was going to be a 10 out of 10, but he doubted Yilmaz. So I, I knew that. You were going to say that. Okay, so I, I know I had to say it. I knew that was going to bite me in the arse there, Brian. Aye, aye. <laughs> sorry, mate. Uh, sorry. So, sorry, I'm just having a bit of feedback for you. Um, but I enjoyed that. Cheers, lads. <laughs> It's not bad feedback, guy. Thanks, mate. That's brilliant. Uh, uh, Jamie Ryan is the most Rangers of Rangers dads you'll ever meet, mate. To be honest, he is. He's very, very okay. much that. Uh, but no, I'll mate, an absolute top. 
top class debut from you, mate. I really appreciate you coming on, mate. Thanks for Hopefully having you me, enjoyed boys. Yourself, enjoyed, it. Mate. enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, good, mate. Um, so you'll see, you'll be welcome on any time. And there's Jim. Always right at the end. Sorry, Ali. I mean, you try to do it at the same time there. And again, try to do it at the same time. Thank you, Jim. Superb, mate. You're always there. Really do appreciate it. You and Justin are always right there. So really do appreciate that. And yeah, that'll do us for tonight. As I say, we'll be back. I, I've got a special pod coming at some point. Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, sorry, it's not fully planned yet, um, there'll be a special pod coming out, so keep your eyes put for that, it'll be a club extra, uh, and we'll be discussing a bit about Clement so far, so yeah, keep your eyes put for that, we like to keep you entertained during this Rangerless period that we have to go through every so often, uh, the only one that's happy about it is Scotia, and he's not here, so yes, but uh, no, again, thank you everybody for getting involved, really do appreciate it, if you could like and subscribe, all the usual stuff, share where you can, we're on the push now to, to 6,000, so be very much appreciated, um, I say I'll speak to you um, early next week, until then enjoy the rest of your weekend, we are Club at 22, the Rangers podcast, cheers everybody. Podcast Network.